Hey, what's going on, everybody? You're listening to Seggy Stations, the man that has a nickname, always a lot to say, with no shame. Thursday, December 24th, 2020, Christmas Eve, hope all is well out there with everybody. Hope everyone's staying safe. Happy Christmas Eve to all my listeners, all my supporters, all my friends, and their families that come on the podcast. Merry Christmas to y'all. Hope y'all enjoy the holiday season this year, obviously different times with COVID still affecting this country as well, saw... This past week, 19,000 deaths reported in the U.S., the most in a single week since the pandemic has begun. A lot to get to in the world of sports today. COVID still affecting the world of sports, particularly the Houston Rockets. Looking forward to touching on that topic off the jump. Got a lot of NBA to get into as the NBA has returned, and I am super pumped about that. I feel like a kid on Christmas, and what do you know, it's Christmas Eve Pumped to be here to talk about the world of sports, cover a little some NBA, NFL, other topics and headlines across the platforms, and head on out of here before celebrating my bleak Christmas. Hope all is well with all my friends, rest of my family, supporters, listeners, and as always, appreciate all the listeners and support. Right now, it's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Seggy Straight Talk Microphone. It's always direct. Time to reflect. And really, all I want for Christmas is a little more people to go out, follow my Instagram page, at Seggy Station, my Twitter page, at Seggy Station. Looking forward to growing the pod here a little bit over this off-season, this winter time. Got it out on Spotify and a few other platforms as well. Still out on Podbean, and as always, you can follow along on my Twitch stream, live version of my pod, it's underscore Seggy underscore G. Give me a follow, give me a like, join the conversation, come on the pod. Those are the things I'm looking for this holiday season. Hope everyone has a good holiday season. Looking forward to touching on the world of sports. The NBA is back. I'm pumped about it. Wish Rich was here to talk about it, but I know he's got stuff going on, obviously, with Christmas Eve and the holiday season, so I'll be doing it solo today, but we'll be linking up next week, and it is... Extremely satisfying as an NBA fan to see the NBA back after just a short offseason in 72 days, the shortest in professional sporting league history, and obviously it's going to play an effect on some of these teams that played a little bit longer in the bubble, 100 plus days, and obviously the Lakers going out on opening night, taking on the Clippers, late night primetime game, ring ceremony, which was done obviously absolutely phenomenally by the NBA, Adam Silver, all the videos of the families, all the shout-outs to healthcare workers by the NBA and all the things the NBA has been doing. Thus, first two days of the season being on, no games in the NBA tonight, which is very odd, but full slate for Christmas Day tomorrow, and you'll have some 20 games this weekend in the NBA scheduled, so a lot of NBA coming up this upcoming weekend, along with the NFL. So you got to shout out the NBA coming back. You got to shout out the ring ceremony. And you're also going to have to touch on the Clippers taking care of the Lakers on opening night. And it's been back-to-back years that the Clippers have done this. And we all know what happened to the Clippers last year, obviously blowing that 3-1 lead in the bubble. And a lot of the reports on the Clippers not wanting to be in the bubble. And a lot of people, including myself, thinking the Clippers were contenders to take on the Lakers, beat the Lakers, and represent the Western Conference in the finals. The Clippers last night, after a few moves they made in adding Serge Ibaka, obviously Kawhi's boy, and Luke Kennard, and a couple other key weapons 
that a lot of people have forgotten about, including Nick Batoon, looked like the team I thought they were going to be last year. And I get it's one game. Paul George had 33 points, 26 of them in the second half. He was absolutely balling out, got hot, and ended up taking over that game with LeBron James playing his fewest minutes in the opener in his entire career. Him and Anthony Davis combining for, I believe it was only 20 points. And Kawhi Leonard, even though he shot the ball extremely difficult, uh, extremely bad, poorly in that game, he played well enough along with the pieces and his superstar around him in PG to take out the Lakers on opening night. Now, I'm not saying that I'm now sold on the Clippers because I'm now having a lot of problems believing in the Clippers, even though they add in Ty Lue, who I think is a phenomenal NBA coach, and we all know what Ty Lue has done in this league. But I will say the Lakers are going to get right. They got a ton of players that they've added this offseason. LeBron had mentioned that they only had been together for nine days. Obviously, the ring ceremony was extremely difficult and different with no fans, no family. And the NBA did a great job with the videos. But I feel like with the whole aspect of obviously the ring ceremony and everything that came along with it, I think that played along it as well. Only being with the team nine days, obviously the shortest offseason. I think the Lakers will be fine, but I think the Clippers are going to be a problem in the West. I think we'll see if they're able to do what a lot of us expected this past season and compete with the Lakers in the Western Conference come playoff time, depending on how this season slates out. And I know it's just one game, and I know it's just two games or one game for a lot of these teams that are being playing, but I do think it's a very interesting factor here. Having only a 72-game season, minus 10 games of what we would normally have, I do believe every game matters in the NBA. So also, that factors in, in my opinion, to 10 less games. Hot starts, slow starts, I believe, will be a little bit more enhanced during this upcoming 2020-2021 season. Did need to touch on a couple of the other NBA games that took place, including the opener on Tuesday night that was before the Lakers-Clippers game, which was the Knicks, I'm sorry, the Nets and the Warriors. Now, the Brooklyn Nets are the team in New York. The New York Knicks did lose their opener the other night. Tough one for them. I heard Emmanuel quickly went out in that game as well, and Obi Toppin, I'm not sure how his line was, but the team lost the game, and We'll see how the Knicks are. I'm sure they're going to be pretty sorry. But the team in New York is obviously Brooklyn. And I've said that I believe in Brooklyn to be the number one seed in the East. I believe for Brooklyn to be in the finals this year in the East, going all the way back to when they signed Kevin Durant. And obviously he hasn't played in a year and a half, 560-something days. I believe also it's important to mention that Kyrie Irving has only played 21 games in his past... 595 days so he's also coming off a long layoff as well but this team is extremely deep this team has a lot to offer not only off the bench but in that starting lineup as well Spencer Dinwiddie was in the starting lineup not the six man Karis LeVert and Karis LeVert had himself a game in that opener and they took care of a Warriors squad which I believe Rich is going to be certainly right about this team is going to be horrid and I think they're going to have a tough time this year and maybe looking at a lottery pick again this upcoming season I just don't believe in Steph Curry being able to carry a team I think it's going to be only exposed this year obviously Draymond didn't play in that opener and we're still looking to see what he can do when he gets back obviously without Clay Thompson out for the year with an Achilles adding James Wiseman there's just a lot of question marks surrounding the Golden State Warriors and I don't believe them to be a playoff team I don't believe Steph Curry to be able to carry that team and I think them people thinking he could be an MVP in this league right now is a little bit off base 
I do think Kevin Durant has a shot at the MVP. I do think the Brooklyn Nets are the real deal. I think people are sleeping on Kyrie Irving because of his sage, because of his comments, because of his things, nature. But this man is an absolute baller. These dudes went out there and performed at such a high level that I think if they can keep this pace up and people are talking about their defense, they're going to be just fine on defense. I mean, Kevin Durant had 22 points, 7 to 16 field goals, 3 steals. Kyrie led the game in scoring for all teams, 26 points, 10 to 16, 4 assists. And you look at what these guys did in just the first quarter. They were Kyrie 17 points, 75% field goal percent shooting, 2 of 2 from the free throw line. KD had 10 points, 1 of 1 from 3, and they're just coming out at a high clip with all these other weapons around them. And if they can compete at just a top 10 defensive level, I don't see how you don't have this team at least a top two seed in the East. And if these two can stay healthy competing come playoff time in the Eastern Conference, that I think is going to be more competitive than people are going to give credit for. And also the addition of the play-in games instituted by the NBA on the back end, 7 through 10, will be interesting for some of those teams as well. But an absolute great line for all these guys. Kyrie, 26-4-4, like I said, 22-5-3, 22-5-3, one block for Durant. Both of them only played 25 minutes. Levert, 20 points, 9 rebounds. Dinwiddie, 9 points. Harris, 10 points. They're deep. They got Jalen Allen, Jalen Green, or Landry Shamit, DeAndre Jordan. They got weapons all up and down, and people are worried about their defense. I'm not worried about it at all. People are worried about the duo working out, and I think it's working out just fine. I did need to touch on my man, Russell Westbrook. I was listening to my man, Jay Rubin. Shout out to Chewy's old roommate, Jay. He has his own little Twitch stream going on. I've been following it a little bit. You should check it out, Rubin 91 I think he does it on Wednesdays and Sundays. Talks some game, games in the NBA, obviously headlines in the NBA. It's, it's pretty sweet, so I needed to shout him out, but I needed to give him a little heat as well because he was giving some heat to my man, Russ. And by the way... My man, my guy Russ is absolutely shooting the ball way too much. I get it. He needs to learn that he's just not a shooter like that. I think that's why I love Russ so much because basically when I played basketball, I played a lot like Russell Westbrook, but I just can't shoot. I thought I could shoot, but I really can't shoot. So realistically, I just shouldn't be shooting, but I can make a shot every once in a while. So I guess that made me think I could shoot better than I could. Moral of the story is Russ scoring 21 points on 22 shots is not what I like to see out of him. I do like to see him getting triple-doubles. He's a triple-double machine getting out of bed. I mean, he had a triple-double in his debut with the Wizards, becoming just the sixth player to do that all-time with their open debut team. He became just the third player in the past 25 seasons to have a triple-double on an opener just within three quarters of with that team. And he had 21-11 rebounds and 15 assists. He had a great game, but like I mentioned, he shot the ball horribly. 9-22 shooting. They lost the game. Bradley Beal talked about playing with Russ and how I think Russell Westbrook and them, Brad Beal and Bertans and all these guys will be able to make the playoffs in the East, especially with this play-in tournament. But I'm hearing a lot of backlash on that. I'm hearing a lot of backlash on my man Russ. And I think if he can just counter some of his shots, he was 0-2 from 3 last night, not too many 3s. But just get into getting some of these playmakers he has around him, which he does have some around him, the ball trying to get to the basket and taking his mid-range is fine, not relying on deep-range twos and three-pointers, Russ will be just fine. And he will 
have 15 triple doubles by February. And that will be the franchise record for the Washington Wizards. I also think it's interesting, this list that he joins players with a triple-double first time with the team. Alfred Payton in 2018 with the Pelicans, which is just a wild one. And then you have to go all the way back to Lewis Lloyd in 1983 with the Houston Rockets. Oscar Robinson, first one to do it in 1960. And a few guys in John Schumann and Nate Thurman in 1976 and 1974 snuck in between but obviously elite company for us obviously an elite game and i think the wizards will piece it together with scotty brooks with some of these young pieces that they have around what is going to be a top three elite backcourt in the eastern conference russ plays so hard you have to appreciate it i think they'll be able to get it right i did want to touch on a couple of other performances last night before i touched on another game need to shout out trey young who had 37 points six rebounds seven assists on 10 of 12 shooting in just i believe 25 minutes unbelievable stat line hawks absolutely blew out the bulls and the hawks are going to be something to be messing with in the eastern conference a team that i think will certainly make the playoffs this upcoming season john Morant in a loss had 44 points a career high nine assists career high 44 points obviously they get a loss, but this man is the real deal. He is going to have, I believe, a sophomore leap. And what he did his rookie year was nothing but phenomenal. Won the rookie of the year, obviously. Like I mentioned, he had 44 points, but on 67% field goal percentage. He had a self alley-oop off the glass. He gets his teammates involved. And as much as i not sure I'm sold on this, I do think it'd be interesting to see James Harden and John Morant in the backcourt together in Memphis. Maybe an interesting landing spot. Not going to think it happens, but I'm going to throw that out there as a bold prediction going forward. Need to shout out Terry Rozier. He had 42 points, 15 to 23 field goals, 10 to 16 from three last night. Like when a dude hits 10 threes right now in the NBA, it's like, all right, yeah. Like Terry Rozier hit 10 threes. Like, all right. Like that's pretty common, I guess, in today's NBA. You'll see guys dropping 10 threes. Like James Harden will potentially drop 10 threes in a game i mean that's just like 10 20 years ago so rare terry rozier gets 42 points out of nowhere i mean scary terry for the hornets they lose the game in a debut in which Lamelo ball rich's rookie of the year pick had zero points joining the company of hashim thabit and anthony bennett with zero points by a top three pick in their debut three turnovers not an ideal game for Lamelo ball i think he'll get right obviously it's early and i think chu is right with some of these guys in the professional sports ranks where you got to give them a little bit time to get right not only in the nfl but in the nba as well but that was a horrid performance by Lamelo ball and i do need to clean this up as well i will clean it up when rich comes here but my rookie of the year pick when we did our rankings and lists you can go check it out on my Instagram page at Saggy Station and the Instagram post about two, three posts back was Patrick Williams. I needed to clean this up because Rich had me all confused. I do think Patrick Williams is my rookie of the year. He had me all confused and thinking I had the wrong player when I was given the wrong analysis. Chicago Bulls, Patrick Williams out of Florida State, number four overall pick in this past year's draft, playing for Billy Donovan. I do believe he's going to be the rookie of the year. He had a phenomenal debut for the Chicago Bulls even though they got absolutely blown out by the Hawks. But I do think Patrick Williams 
Rich talked about minutes played and, and contribution. In 16 minutes, I mentioned LaMelo Ball having a terrible debut. Patrick Williams played 33 minutes in his debut. So that'll be interesting to see going forward. Obviously, we'll be watching some of those races closely throughout the season with a couple of my friends that obviously we got some things on the line. Now, I need to touch on this game because the Boston Celtics get a win. Shout out to my boy Dukes, big Boston Celtics guy, big Jason Tatum guy, 30 points, 7 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals. He obviously hits that game-winning 3 that was a horrid shot, shouldn't have gone in. I mean, he missed that thing 3 feet to the left. Lucky shot. I mean, it went in and went in. Heard somebody saying it in uh, Jay, Jay's Twitch stream last night. But don't tell me that wasn't a lucky shot. Don't tell me that shouldn't have went in. It would have been just as bad if that didn't go in and you're da- saying, damn, he almost bricked that off the top of the backboard. But it went in. And you had a situation that then set up Jalen Brown, 33 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals. They Those two absolutely balled out for the Celtics last night with no Kemba, taking out the Milwaukee Bucks in the season opener between the two. However, Giannis got hot in the fourth. He had 14, uh, I'm sorry, I think it was 18 points in the fourth quarter. He got to the free throw line at the end on a bum call on Tristan Thompson. I thought the refs bailed out the Bucks in that situation, trying to throw an alley-oop with .4 left on the clock after Jason Tatum hit that shot. To When they're down to, to give Giannis what they called two free throws, which, by the way, I thought was basketball interference to the basket. I'm going to be very interested to see my man, NBA referee Matt Bull and ask him about that play. But anyways, Giannis gets his two free throws. And here's the man, Max Extension, biggest contract we've ever seen in the NBA. Giannis Antetokounmpo getting to the line. Probably just botched his last name. It's fine. Gets to the line. Makes the first. Everything on the line. Send the game to overtime in the second. Almost set up perfectly. Coming off back-to-back MVP years to prove you're the MVP of this league. To prove you're the guy. Misses the second. Loses the game. Giannis, since coming into the league, has missed 25 crunch time free throws, which is the most in the NBA since 2018. And to further go along with that, last year he was 13 and 20. And he had 35 and 13. Like, we get it. He puts up ridiculous numbers because of how he plays. And he can do it in a quarter, like we mentioned, 20 points basically in a quarter. He can get hot out of nowhere. And if he's hitting like he did in the fourth quarter, two threes, forget about it. This man's going to be lethal. What he does on the defense side of the ball, we already know. He won MVP and defensive player last year. Last player to do that was Michael Jordan. I mean, this dude is the real deal. But to be paid that much, super max type of guy, you should be able to make free throws in crunch time. And I think the knock on LeBron... I hear from Skip all the time is he's not making free throws in crunch time. Well, let's hear it about Giannis. Let's also hear that Giannis on the Supermax is expected to get the Bucks at least to the finals. And I just don't see that happening. I don't see Giannis even being able to do that. And I think that's also why he tried to stay in Milwaukee to try and do that. And I'm just not so sure that's going to happen. And to be paid that much money and to be that type of guy for your organization to be coming up short like that, that was tough, even in an opener. Tough to see. So, covered a lot of the NBA games from yesterday. Didn't really cover the NBA game that didn't happen, I believe, but I need to cover this again if I didn't. Which was the postponement of the Rockets game. Because of... The Rockets not having eight eligible players set by the NBA in standards to play a game. 
because of now the situation again with James Harden, another hanging out with strippers, not at a strip joint apparently, at a club, whatever, breaking NBA protocols, got fined 50000 We're waiting to see how long he's going to be out. There's no confirmation how long he's going to be out, and he's going to get fined $572,000 every time he misses a game because that's his game salary. And this man is doing everything in his power to get out of Houston, but it's becoming so ignorant at this point, it's disgusting. Throwing balls at his rookie teammate, doing the things he's doing to the NBA, and not only the NBA, but his teammates. And there was a situation with John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins going out and getting a haircut and contract tracing with that, and some player being injured and all this stuff. It all comes together. But the main issue with this is James Harden. And you know... This is a problem. Everyone thinks I'm just shit on James Harden. It's like, you don't want to just hear from me. Listen to Greeny, a guy who's all over ESPN now because all these changes to ESPN is basically just Greeny. I mean, he's the number one guy on ESPN. L- listen to what he says about James Harden. Greeny, earlier yesterday, on how he's hurting his trade value minute by minute. I think it behooves everyone to be a leader. And so if you're James Harden, do you feel like you've acted like a leader? I mean, is that not the case? And we've seen this before from professional athletes. I've been hearing it, but not like this. We've seen holdouts. We've seen not showing up to practice, whatever. Not throwing balls at your new rookie teammate and Deshaun Tate. Not going out and breaking NBA protocols in a sensitive time right now. Let's just just be honest. Like, if you're a professional athlete and you're out doing stuff like this, like, you're getting criticized exactly the way you should be. James Harden is not setting himself up to get traded successfully, in my opinion. And yeah, he probably will get traded because of how he's making himself out to be here. But some of this stuff now is just getting absolutely ignorant, ridiculous. I think it's disrespectful. And I also think it sets not only a bad example, but a you got a situation where you're putting people in risk, man. And, and it's just selfish. He should be having a big S on his chest. They should be taking away his captaincy. The man's not a leader, and they're not going to get anywhere with him, and I don't think the team that gets him is going to get anywhere either. Just a couple other quick things in the NBA. Anthony Edwards, number one overall pick for the Minnesota Timberwolves. He had 15 points in his debut, but the topic to discuss here is Carl Anthony Towns. And I, I covered on my pod before. Man lost... I think it was six, maybe seven family members, including his mother. And I've lost my mom, tragically, probably similar to what he did. And it's horrible to even see some of the things that he has quoted to say. This is one of them that I that I find very near and dear to my heart. He says, quote, Carl died in, on April 13th. He's never coming back. I don't remember that man. I don't know that man. You're talking to the physical me, but my soul has been killed off a long time ago. 
There's another quote from D'Angelo Russell and his teammate talking about how they're happy to get that first win. Obviously, how Carl Anthony Towns has been on record talking about how extremely hard and difficult it would be to play without his mother. And, you know, it's it's a hard time for me. The holidays they tend to be bleak at this time anyways. But I, I've tried so hard to move forward, be better, be positive, not be as negative, not be as upset, not be as depressed, whatever you want to call it, whatever you want to do. I mean, there's there's many ways that you can handle it. And, I, and I've and i talked to Rich about it when I said, hey, Carl Anthony Towns, he's either going to be good, he's either going to be one of the best, you know, big men in the league, or he's going to be broken. I mean, it's, it's that simple. And it's tough, man, because I feel the same exact way as that, man. I feel like on February 12th, 2018, I, I, no matter who I was, no matter where I was going, everything changed for me and it'll never be the same and I'll never be the same and no matter what happens. That's tough to live with, man, every day, waking up, feeling that way. I can only imagine being a professional athlete because I'm just a professional golfer, but I'm not. I'm just PGA, a golf professional, but I don't get to golf as much as I want. I just work a lot in the golf business, which is, which is fine, but I don't pretend like I got my shit together, like, I try to hide it as much as I can, but some days, like, some days I'll be fine, straight, whatever, some days I'll be in my deep thoughts, some days I'm in my feelings, some days I'm thugging, I'm struggling, some days I'm hella happy, it is what it is, you never know what you're gonna get, most of the time I'm extremely sad and depressed, and I can only imagine this man losing not only his mother, but six other family members during this time. You know, it's looking like my grandma's going to be heading out soon, too. And that's just another gut punch to the stomach for me. After another tough year, after tough past couple years, it's, it's heartening to see Carl Anthony Towns get that victory after all he's been through this offseason. I needed to shout him out, certainly, for that. I'm going to take my quick break, come on back, do the reads. Got a little NFL to cover, cover the Monday Night Football game, which was a Steelers debacle, and get into a couple of NFL games that we got coming up with just two weeks left to go in the NFL season. Be right back in the Seggy Station. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back. Seggy Station is brought to you by Callie's Love. A man's best friend is his dog. Shout to rescue month to many, but a life-saving companion to me. To me, not to promote true home happiness in a household, but a loving companion of a pet. Especially at a time like this, get yourself a little pet friend like mine at your local animal shelter, pound, or nursery. Save their life and they just might save yours. Now it's time for your Sports Center update. Rich Paul and Clutch Sports have signed over 500 plus million in contracts this offseason. Been a pretty good 2020 for Rich Paul and Clutch Sports. Giants linebackers coach Brett Bielemy has left the team and has accepted a head coaching position at the University of Illinois. Now, I think I read this in a read prior, and I need to touch on this in the NFL segment after the reads. Bills announced they have signed GM Brandon Bean to a multi-year extension. Good move there for the Bills. Obviously, we've seen them on an uptick this upcom- this season. The NBA has determined that the Milwaukee Bucks have violated league rules 
with the timing of the Bogdan Bogdanovich transaction and will lose their 2020 second round pick. DeAndre Hopkins has missed 18 of 41 scheduled practices this season. He's the leading receiver currently in the league with 1,324 receiving yards. And he says, quote, I charge to come on local shows, but I'll give you a discount where there's a lot of chatter on his practice habits. He then claps back, says his practice habits are just fine. What's not fine has been what's been going on with Juju Smith-Schuster. He has been getting a lot of clap back for dancing on team logos. It was all fine and dandy when the Steelers were 11-0, but after now a losing streak of three, it's now becoming a distraction. So apparently now Juju's not going to be dancing on team logos any longer, and that'll be very interesting to see how that breaks out going forward. Got a little bit to say about that. CCU scheduled to play Liberty Saturday in the bowl game, as I got a little bit to say on the bowl system and the bowl games that we have. Obviously, the Final Four and the college football playoff has now been set, and that will be on January 1st, the new year. Those two semifinal games will take place. Alabama will face Notre Dame. Ohio State will face Clemson. Josh Gordon, after being reinstated, my man Josh Gordon reinstated on Monday. About 12 hours later, I saw a report, Josh Gordon not allowed to practice or play indefinitely after being activated to the 53-man roster Monday as he was in violation of his reinstatement policy. He says, quote, I might never be allowed to play again in the NFL. And that is just very sad to see after an opportunity again arose for Josh Gordon. We've seen opportunities rise, like I said, in this league this year for the NFL in terms of these type of players in not only Josh Gordon, Antonio Brown, Des Bryant. Josh Gordon slips up again. Sad to see. What's not sad to see is Florida forward Keontae Johnson. He has been released from the hospital 10 days after he collapsed on the court during the first half of the Gators game versus Florida State two Saturdays or 10, sat, 10 days back. Um, it's good to see that he's made it out of the hospital and that he's hopefully doing well. Shout out to Keontae Johnson. There's also news that Army will face West Virginia in the AutoZone Liberty Bowl on December 31st being announced Monday after a lot of teams are choosing to opt out of bowl games. Detroit Lions interim head coach Daryl Bevel will not be allowed to coach this weekend. COVID positive test and contract chasing for multiple staffers and coaches. Wide receiver coach Robert Prince will coach this upcoming Saturday's game for the Lions up against them Tampa Bay Bucks. Panthers announced they are parting ways with GM Marty Herney, whose contract initially ran into uh, through June 2021, now opening up five GM positions in the NFL, Carolina, Atlanta, Detroit, Houston, and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Lewis Riddick getting a lot of interviews for those positions. I really hope he gets one. As Jim Caldwell has been getting interviews with the Houston Texans, Marvin Lewis with the Lions, a lot of coaches that aren't currently with teams because it's not technically allowed to interview those coaches right now. Interesting to say there. Finally, shout out to the Hall of Famer Kevin Green. He passed away at the age of 58. He's third all-time in NFL history in career sacks with 160 of those. Made the all-decade team in the 90s. Rest in peace.
Kevin Green. Tune back in. Nick Segalin, you listen to the Seggy Station Podcast. Appreciate all love and support. You can always follow along on my Instagram page and my Twitter page, at Seggy Station. You can always watch and follow along and listen to my pod on my Twitch stream, live, itch underscore Seggy underscore G. And the podcast is now out on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Breaker. So hopefully you get your podcast there and you can share and spread the love. Get a little bit more of that support. That's all I'm looking for this holiday season. Jumping back in. Got to get some of these NFL topics out of the way. And I got to start out with my man, Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins receives a $40,000 fine. Stripped of his captaincy of the Washington football team. But it's looking like he's going to be allowed to quarterback the Washington football team this week. Which I think is very interesting. I don't think he should be allowed to do that. I'm honestly stunned Ron Rivera hasn't cut this man. This is the second incident. He's had a problem, obviously, not only on the field, but off the field. And, you know, can you imagine if Dwayne Haskins, after what has happened to him this week, comes out and beats Carolina Panthers, which is obviously Ron Rivera's former team. The Washington football team is going to be at home for this game. And if it's not Dwayne Haskins, it's a guy who started either one game in his career or no NFL experience. In a must-win game, not only for the Washington football team, but it would eliminate the New York football giants, my New York football giants, from playoff contention and shots and hopes of winning the NFC East. It would obviously then eliminate the rest of the NFC East teams up and coming in a division that is extremely tight, as always. And I just find it hard to believe, not only with James Harden, but now in the NFL with Dwayne Haskins, that the team is going to allow this to happen because here's the thing. Dwayne Haskins ain't no James Harden. Like, I get it. James Harden's going to have a lot of slack, a lot of leeway, a lot of, hey, you can do your own thing and have your own rules. That ain't going to be Dwayne Haskins, a guy that was a third-string quarterback just four weeks back. And now he's doing this, heading to a strip joint, after a loss in which they, the bouncer shouldn't even let the man in the place. And all of a sudden he's in there with no mask on, breaking protocols just like Hardy's. And, you know, the NBA steps in and he's like, man, this, this man ain't playing. This dude's not allowed to play. He's got a bunch of things to do before he can even think about playing. That's not the case in the NFL. It's handled internally. And just once again, the NFL has proven that they're not able to really have a protocol because it doesn't seem to add up because you'll have a dude that has to get pulled, Des Bryant, before a game that was out shaking hands, hugging uh, other teammates other uh, on the other team because he was a former te- uh, player there and then stripped saying he couldn't play with negative tests that he said he had after the game. I don't understand any of this stuff. I really don't. And Dwayne Askins is a lot of quarterback. I'm not saying... I think they're going to win the game, but I think they'll have a better chance to win the game. And that, to me, is messed up with the things he was doing this week on his off days. Ron Rivera, I'm surprised he's even letting this man on the football field. And I don't think he'll be with the team after this season anyways. Dwayne Askins could potentially, though, win the NFC East for the Washington football team this Sunday. 
If it's not him, maybe Alex Smith talks to him potentially getting back. We all know the story on Alex Smith and what a story that would be. I already think he's a comeback player of the year, but he's dealing with a calf strain. Either way, it's going to be end-all, be-all. End-all, be-all. And on the backside of that sit my New York football Giants, a team that now has to play the Baltimore Ravens, which is gone hot on the offensive side of the football. There's no slack on the defensive side of the football for that team. Obviously coached very well and looking to get into the number seven seed in the AFC. They need a win to do so. And the Giants need a win to stay alive as well. I mean, we could potentially lose and still be okay if the Washington football team loses. We got to win games. We have to win games here. If the Washington football team wins and we lose, it's all done. It's a wrap. And now with Daniel Jones being up in the air, who knows what's going on with him after him being rushed back by the team something I disagree with, we're going to need him this week. And we're going to need him to be himself. And if he's not, we're screwed. And if we're lucky enough to be able to play in a Week 17 matchup, to have a shot at the division, to have a shot at the playoffs, it's going to be up against the Dallas Cowboys, who are, oh yeah, 5-9, and nine, the same record as us right now, after being one of the worst football teams in the league. So it's heating up. Really good for my man Skip. Smikes. No slack on the Eagles and what Jalen Hurts is doing. My man Dukes right now. Technically still alive. And that Philadelphia at Dallas game this week is going to have all the implications in that situation. We'll see. Jalen Hurts getting the start in that. All the circulation going out with Carson Wentz and his discomfort and displeasure of being a backup. I mean, this dude's. I don't understand it. Like, he's going to be gone. They're going to have to get rid of him because there's, no there's no other shot. But here's the thing I love about the NFL, man, because you got the Jets beating the Rams on what was probably the upset of the year, obviously, um, 23-20 on Sunday. And then on Monday night, you had the Bengals beat the Steelers in what was supposed to be a Steelers bounce-back game, what was supposed to be a... Steelers get right game, and that was not the case. And I'm getting into it after that, or after this t topic, the 27-17 upset of the Steelers this past week. Now losers of three straight. But anything can happen in any of these games in the NFC East. And it's all up in the air. With two weeks left to go in the NFL season, teams trying to shift seeds, trying to slide in, to the playoffs, it's going to be a hell of a good two weeks. And here's another thing. I, dude, is there an NFL on Christmas? Like, I've never once seen an NFL game on Christmas. Interesting to see an NFL game sliding into the NBA Christmas slate right at the Nets-Celtics ABC tip at right around 5 o'clock. Not really a good move, in my opinion. And interesting to see. But I personally think that between the Christmas Day NBA games, you got Saturday NFL, full slate of Sunday. Obviously, a Monday night football game in which the Buffalo Bills are going to take on the Patriots. Who knows who they're going to start at quarterback. And that could get real ugly for the Patriots fans real quick. So, it's looking like a great weekend of sports. And obviously, with Christmas Eve tonight and Christmas Day tomorrow, should be a great weekend for all spending time with their loved ones. You know, I needed to just say... Real quick before I get into any 
other NFL topics here. The best thing about sports is it gives you a chance to at least feel something. (laughs) You know, if you're not feeling anything, it's, it's absolutely horrible. And I saw this story the other day. It's not even really a story, but to me it is. It's one of the people I went to high school with. I shouted her out last year on my pod. I needed to give her a quick shout-out. I got a T-shirt coming in or a sweatshirt coming in, one of the two. Pumped to get it. Pumped to rock it. But uh, Shayna Riley, she's got a she's got a foundation, the Bree Riley Foundation. You can follow it on Facebook, I believe. I don't have Facebook, so had to reach out to her separately. But... Um, you know, she's got this toy drive going on in this situation where she's now got products she's selling for donations and she's raising money for obviously her foundation and it gives back to kids and she's giving presents to kids at their house and she's got presents stacked up to my ceiling and she's been through just as much as me and what to, you know, the things that she's doing right now are so inspiring, so incredible. I just needed to give her a quick shout out. If you got Facebook, you should go follow her page. You should donate if you can. I know things are obviously tight during these COVID times, but it's it's a, for a great cause. She's working her ass off, and she deserves all the support you can give. So you know, I'm always plugging myself, and I don't get much support, but all the support that I get, I appreciate. If you can do one thing for me, maybe support me or spread the love and share it and spread it a little more, go do it for this person, somebody that I know and care about. And that's doing great things. So just a quick shout out to her. Now, the Bengals were coming into this game in which the Pittsburgh Steelers have won nine straight games on Monday Night Football, the longest active streak in the NFL. You know, the Steelers, they became the third team ever with 10-plus straight Monday Night Football game wins. Joined in the Raiders with 14, 1975 through 81, and the Seahawks with 11, 2005 through 2016. And all get right game for a Steelers team that had lost two straight, and you got Juju Jansen on logos, and he was doing it before this game. He got absolutely lit up by Von Bell and had a talk, obviously, with Mike Tomlin after the game as things are getting a little tight. And he's got a statement out here where, for the betterment of my teammates and myself, I won't be dancing on logos anymore. This is a little bit fishy for me, man. Because now you're blaming all the three losses on Juju dancing on logos. Here's the thing. The Steelers were a flawed football team to begin with. The Bengals then snapped a 10-game losing streak versus the Steelers. Entering this week, the Steelers-Bengals was one of the three most active uh, double-digit win streaks you've had in a team. The others were the Chiefs over the Broncos, 11, and Eagles over the Jets at 11. So, I mean, the Steelers have been absolutely owning the Bengals, a division rival, for the past... Three, four seasons, even with Joe Burrow in the first game or second or third game of the year, whatever it was, first time they played. Now, I just want to say, I didn't call this, but I saw this and it's now happening even more than I thought. I thought they'd lose at least two on the way out. They look like they could lose five on the way out with the Colts and then the Browns on the Week 17 game, which if they lose the Steelers this week up against the Colts, the Browns win. They'll have a chance at the division, will the Cleveland Browns. And that game, Week 17, all will come down to it. 
A lot of these problems are falling on Big Ben, though. His first 10 games, 10-0, 24 touchdowns, 5 interceptions, completion percentage, 67.1, passer rating, a 101.4. His last four, he's the team, 1-3. He's got 6 TDs, 5 interceptions, 61.5 completion, 74.4 passer rating. Absolutely horrible. Losing streak of 3. Big Ben basically saying he wants to come back next year. I'm not sure the team's going to be able to pull that off, not only economically, but by the way this man is playing right now. And by the way, if they get bounced first round in the playoffs, something I'm also projecting, because this team is going to be a playoff team, but who are they going to beat in the AFC in the playoffs? I don't see them beating any of these other teams in the playoffs in the AFC right now, never mind the way they've been beating them themselves. Weak and soft offensive line, dropping passes, Deontay Johnson leading the league in, in drop passes. Jace Claypool, first 10 games of his career, had 10 touchdowns. Dude's fallen off the map since. They got no number one wide receiver because all he wants to do is TikToks. And their rushing game is non-existent. Defense has a ton of injuries. This team is in trouble, and it's not easy. You don't have to listen to me to know it. You, you could literally see it with your own two eyes, and I don't think it, it's a hot take at all. You know, what probably then comes across as a hot take, and I need to get into this next one, is I got the Bucks getting bounced in the first round of the playoffs as well. And people are like, oh, man, you know, you're hating on Brady. You're hating on Brady. You know, I'm really not. I think Brady has outperformed what I thought he would do this year, so I need to give credit where credit is due. The man is 43 years old, and I think – the stats he's putting up are pretty spectacular. He's got 32 touchdowns, uh, only 11 interceptions, and he's right up there, middle of the pack of NFL quarterbacks in this league. But there's no putting him up there with Aaron Rodgers, Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen, Russell Wilson, Ryan Tannehill for that matter. I don't want to hear any of that. And it's stuff that gets me fired up. We're going into this season, guys, that I respect and listen to and, like, you know, want to want to hear from. In particular, Stephen A. coming out saying, Tom Brady will be the biggest threat to Patrick Mullins for MVP. And my man Skip on Undisputed will argue that all day, but that's just not the case. That's just, that's just a false reality. And if you want to be real, Tom Brady isn't even a top 10 quarterback in this, this game right now. I can name nine other guys I'd rather have. No doubt. And they're going to have a game this week up against the Detroit Lions, which, yeah, they're probably going to win, no doubt, because it's the Detroit Lions. They're on an interim head coach who can't coach because of COVID. You're going to have a wide receivers coach head coach in the team. Who knows what's going on with the rest of the roster? Who knows what's going on with Matthew Stafford banged up? Who knows what's going on with any of that team? Because they're just looking to get through the end of the season. So if Tampa Bay comes out and loses this one, that'd be horrid. But I will say, you're down 24-7 to the Falcons. In which, over the past three games, the Tampa Bay Bucks have been outscored 59-7 in the first quarter. But the saving grace is that they do have, through quarters two through four, the, bo- the best point differential in the, the game. But I'm telling you right now, it's going to come back to bite you when you're not playing teams like the Detroit Lions, Atlanta Falcons, which is going to be their Week 17 matchup. You're going to have much tougher competition come playoff time. And I think it's going to be right away because obviously they're not going to have a bye. And I think they have the potential to get knocked out first round 
And it's going to be because of Tom Brady's play. And it's going to be because of the defense not being able to hold up over the past six weeks. They've been one of the worst in the game. Offensive line is going to have to be crucial for them to even have a chance to win a football game. And it's just crazy to see that even with his 32 touchdowns and 11 interceptions and passer rating at 69 and all these certain things, all these great stats that he's accumulating at the age of 43, what's not a great stat is they're going to be sitting at maybe a 4-5 seed. I mean, everyone talking about this team just running the table and they bring in all the, he's got all these pro bowlers and brings back Gronk, this Hall of Famer and all this stuff and all these weapons around him and run game are stacked and this and that. And it's just, to me, they're just an average football team that is, yeah, probably going to make the playoffs, but so could my New York Giants. Is anyone going to say they're going to win the Super Bowl? And if I'm sitting here saying the Giants are going to win the Super Bowl, is anyone going to be telling me I'm acting up? I think that's what we're seeing here with the Tampa Bay Bucks that have an issue between coach and player and will have an issue, in my opinion, going forward when they get to the playoffs. On the way out, I did just need to clean up a few things. Did want to update that the key NBA coronavirus protocols, person who tests positive can't participate in activities for at least 10 days. After a 10-day minimum, they must spend two days working out alone, wear a mask at all times, participate in cardiac screening. All teams will have a limit of 45-person travel parties, including up to 17 players. It's strict. It's not only strict to get onto the court, but it's strict with protocols off the cart. And the statement right here by James Harden on his Instagram, quote, one thing after another, I went to show love to my homegirl at her event, not a strip club, because she is coming, or I'm sorry, because she is becoming a boss and putting her people in position of success and now it's a problem every day it's something different no matter how many times people to try and drag my name under you can't the real always end up on top well to me the real here is that you're asking for forgiveness because you're going and breaking protocols because your girl's trying to become a boss like that's your that's your excuse like this man this man absolutely blows my mind Going to be a big-time Sunday night football game this week, Tennessee at Green Bay. Derrick Henry is the first running back in 12 years with 1,650 rush yards and 15 touchdowns in a season and still has two games to go. Be interesting to see if that's going to be my man Aaron Rodgers coming up in the MVP talks or Derrick Henry coming up in the MVP talks. Which one's going to be dominant in that Sunday night football game should, should be a great one to watch. Talked about that Monday night football game going up against the Buffalo Bills will be those New England Patriots, which I do need to give a quick shout-out to the Patriots. It is an end of an era. It's tough, I'm sure, for New England Patriots fans because I don't know when it's going to get better. I think it's going to be much later rather than sooner. But the Patriots, like I mentioned last pod, will miss the playoffs for the first time since 2008. It's just their third time in the last 20 seasons. It's been an unbelievable run. Obviously, they got those six Super Bowl wins, nine Super Bowl appearances, 238 wins in that time, and 17 AFC's titles. Got to give credit where credit is due. Obviously, they've been in a dominant 
force in that division for a long time, but it's going to be a minute before you're going to be competing with not only Josh Allen, but Tua, who's now coming up with the Dolphins, who are now currently slated at the number seven seed in the AFC. I think the Patriots are a long way away from that. And it'll be interesting to see what they do at the quarterback position, not only over these last two games of the season, but this upcoming season going forward. I mean, Cam Newton is just not that guy. You got the fewest passing yards in a three-star span in the past 10 years. Cam Newton is third with 272, only behind Geno Smith in 2013 with 259 and Christian Ponder 216 in 2011. I mean, this man Cam has not been good at all. And it's coming back to bite not only the Patriots fans who thought he would be good, but bite Bill Belichick who he thought he could win with Cam Newton. A lot of other great games scheduled this weekend, and I'm looking forward to catching all of them, not only in the NBA, but in the NFL as well. Christmas Day games, as I mentioned, you got no NBA games scheduled today, but you will have a Christmas Day slate full, starting with the Pelicans at Heat. Pelicans coming off a big win in their opener. Heat coming off a loss in their opener. 12 p.m. on ESPN will tip it off. Golden State at the Bucks, 2.30 p.m. on ABC. Nets at Celtics is a premium game, 5 p.m. on ABC, followed by the Mavs at Lakers, 8 p.m., not only on ABC, but ESPN as well. And Clips, Nuggets, Nightcap, 10.30, ESPN. If I had to make five straight picks, blazing five right here, I got the Heat bouncing back. I got the Bucks bouncing back. I got the Nets taking care of the Celtics. I got the Lakers bouncing back against the Mavs, which is going to be tough because my Mavs are going to be 0-2. And I got the Clips taking care of the Nuggets, who lose a heartbreaker to a buzzer beater by Buddy Heald. Buddy Heald not only became the third player in Kings history to have two game-winning buzzer beaters, but he became the eighth player with a buzzer beater on opening night. Shout out Buddy Heald. Shout out Sacramento Kings. Knocking off Detroit. Uh, I'm sorry, the Denver Nuggets. I'm all over the joint right now. On opening night, which I thought was very significant and very interesting for me to see. Love watching these NBA slated games. Love watching these NFL games. You're going to have a Christmas Day game, Minnesota at New Orleans. Not so sure how much I'm going to watch that, but New Orleans are going to need to win that game to have a little bit more confidence rolling into the playoffs. But we'll see which Kirk Cousins shows up. I'll take New Orleans in that. Saturday slate, I got Tampa Bay beating a banter Detroit Lions team. First time I'll pick Tampa Bay this year, but I like I mentioned, have them going out in the first round. You're going to have Miami. At Las Vegas, I'll take Miami in that game. John Gruden going with probably Marcus Mariota. We'll see how that looks. And San Fran at Arizona. San Fran's been playing their games out of Arizona, so basically a home game for both teams. Kind of funny in that regard. San Fran eliminated from playoff contention last week in a crowded NFC West. I think Arizona gets this win on Saturday. Cleveland at the Jets, I think. Cleveland is the real deal, and they'll take care of the Jets and not show up like the Rams did, not ready to play. Denver at the Chargers is an interesting game. I think the Chargers and Justin Herbert, what he's doing, breaking Baker Mayfield's rookie touchdown record with 27. I think with two games left to go, Justin Herbert is the real deal. They'll get this win. 
up against Choose Broncos. Kansas City at Atlanta. Kansas City will take care of Atlanta way easier than Tampa Bay did, having a second-half comeback. Indianapolis will take care of the Pittsburgh Steelers, which are the most flawed 11-0 team we'd ever seen in NFL history. They're now looking to go and lose four straight. Carolina at Washington is the game of the week for me. I need Carolina to win that game big time. Losing eight of their last nine are the Carolina Panthers. Going to need them to pull one out. There, Jacksonville at home taking on the Chicago Bears who have won two straight games, I believe. Mitch Trubisky playing a little better. Crazy that he got benched when they were 3-0. and I think they'll take care of the Jacksonville Jaguars who are just so happy to have that number one overall pick now. They're not going to win anymore. Giants at Baltimore is a tough one for me. Obviously, I'm once again wanting with my heart the Giants to win, but I think my brain is telling me it's going to be a tough one for us to pull off. Never going to pick against them, though, so I'll take my Giants in that one. Cincinnati at Houston is a ugly-looking game, but Cincinnati coming off a Monday night football win, why not? Deshaun Watson banged up. L.A. Rams at Seattle for basically that title in the NFC West. I think Seattle is going to take care of the Rams. I do think the Rams are still contenders when it comes to the playoffs, but I'm not sure if Jared Goff is that deal come playoff time. Philly at Dallas. I think Jalen Hurts gets the best of them Cowboys. And Tennessee with what I'm going to call an upset in the Sunday night football game. Buffalo Bills, no doubt, winning Monday night. And after winning their first division title since 1995 a lot of people riding high out in buffalo myself included i'm a big buffalo bills shadow fan and i think they're gonna win at least two games come playoff time in the afc well i hope everyone enjoys their holiday season i think it's important for people to be kind man everyone's fighting some sort of battle you know nothing about and During this time of year, it's only enhanced even more. Enjoy them sports. There's a lot of them this weekend, and I'll be enjoying them for sure. That's all I have for the airwaves today. Appreciate all listening as always, and as always, I still have no shame what I had to say. It's the man with a nickname. Till next time, everybody, peace and love. Stay safe out there. Much love. You're listening to Seggy Station.